This is a fan-generated show. If you would like to support us, please go to jamieglazov.com and also don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. All your support is greatly appreciated. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is uh, Sandra Solomon. Uh, I'm filling in uh, for uh, Dr. Uh, Jimmy Glossov. Uh, we have today and wonderful, amazing uh, guests with us. And uh, uh, without further ado, uh, he is the man of the full knowledge of the political Islam. He is the founder of the political Islam, Dr. Bill Warner. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, is that true? This is all true and more. Okay, and you're an author as well. You read so many books. You've been studying Islam for so many years. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your experience and your, your how did you start it and what made you start it? I started my study of Islam when I was 30 years old and I'm a 76-year-old man, so that was 46 years ago. I studied Sufism. I was very interested in mystical Islam. And then the second phase of my study came when I had a lot of, I was a professor and had many Muslim students. And so there was something subtly different with them. And so I decided to start reading their sacred text. And so I began to do serious reading in the Quran and then the Sirah, the life of Muhammad and the Hadith. And then when 9-11 happened, I realized that I lived in a nation that didn't know Sirah from Syrup, didn't know a Muslim from a Hindu, from a Sikh. And so I decided that I would dedicate myself to making the doctrine of Islam easy to understand, which is the purpose of my books. Wow, that's amazing. And uh, so uh, is that people uh, really like responding to this and how far um, that these books and your work and the political Islam as well uh, gone through uh, the Muslim world? Well, my books, I have an organization in Europe consisting of about 100 people, and they've translated my books into some 20 languages, which is amazing wow. to me. My book, Sharia law, non, my book, Sharia Law for Non-Muslims, is the bestseller in Islamic law on Amazon. But to counterbalance that, the Southern Poverty Law Center says I'm one of America's top 10 racist bigots. Uh, you? Yes. <laughs> Why are you being racist, huh? What's going on? Don't you know that Islam, it's, it's, it's a, everyone's race? I'm just, telling so, what they say. I'm just telling you what they say about me. CARE, the, committee, <laughs> the Congress, committee on American-Islamic Relations says I'm part of the inner circle of hate. So I have two reputations. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, I bet they don't uh, say nice things about you either. Uh, trust me, I've been, I've been called Zionist. I've been called hater. I've been called... Uh, uh, racist as well, and but till today, no one is telling us what's racist Islam. What's racist know. Islam? Like is I think Islam it's just a dirty, it's a, racist is a dirty word, and since we're not out on the street, they call us the worst dirty word they can think of. Whether it has anything to do with the subject at all, they're just trying to be mean and nasty. Exactly, because they cannot. We uh, we we're bringing the truth. We're bringing the fact, and I really appreciate. Uh, uh, the videos that you do, and one of them, the, my favorite one, uh, uh, explaining how the Islamic Jihad, when started, and when you um, uh, de demonstrated for people using the white dots with the red dots mm -hmm. as well, how it's moving fast, and when it's moved, uh, what it does to the countries. Uh, so, um, Dr. Bell, uh, we've been hearing uh, a lot nowadays from so many Muslims around the world trying to, uh, again, using the taqiyya and the deceiving 
uh, to people and claiming uh, that uh, their Sharia, it's all about uh, the five pillars of Islam, how they pray, how they fast, and all that stuff. So can you tell us about uh, the the uh, two kinds of Sharia that Muslims have? Like apparently there is two Sharia. What's your well, thought on that? Well, there's the Sharia that Muslims practice with, and then there's the Sharia that Muslims tell us about. And one of the things they tell us is, oh, the Sharia is just the way we practice our religion. As you say, it's how we pray. Now, I'm using the reliance of the travelers and index. And so I've decided to, because part of this is partly true. When you look inside of reliance of the traveler, you find on how to pray, the, the oneness of God, how to fast during Ramadan and all these other things. So there is the religion in the Sharia. But according to page, just measuring how many pages in the Sharia text, the reliance of the traveler, 35% of them are devoted to religion. So when a Muslim tells us, oh, the Sharia is just about religion, I say you're 35% correct. But as a professor, let me tell you, Sandra, 35% is a failing grade. Yes. The rest of it contains some things which are very unpleasant. For instance, it tells us that honor killing is justified because a parent or a grandparent cannot be held accountable if they kill their children. It tells us that I'm a kafir and that I should be a demi, and maybe we should explain those two words. A kafir is a non-Muslim, and I use that because it's the original Arabic word, and it, it's a much filthier word than infidel or non-Muslim. So it tells how the kafir is to be subjugated politically, and also that the kafir is to be a demi, and that jihad is, in, is to persuade the kafir to become a Muslim or at least to submit to the Sharia, which is the most important thing. Yeah, the, the other kind of Sharia. <laughs> yes. not, the, not, not, the, not the praying Sharia, right. the jihadi Sharia. The jihadi Sharia. By the way, I tell people that the difference between, because some Muslims say, oh, the Sharia, it's just like Jewish law. Well, Jewish law is called halakha, and it says that Jews shouldn't eat pork. But the Sharia law says that I shouldn't eat pork either. So the Sharia... The point we're making here is that some, like uh, Catholic canon law or Jewish law, halakha, rule the Jew and the Catholic, but they don't try to rule us, whereas Sharia tries to rule the entire world, which is my objection to it. Yes, this is so true, and uh, as an ex-Muslim myself, I agree uh, with what you said. That's exactly what they uh, taught us uh, when I was raised in uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, Jihad is our way and dying for Allah, it's our ultimate dream. So uh, therefore, uh, the taqiyya again and the lie about uh, the Sharia itself, uh, we have to distinguish between because Islam mainly it's, um, it's a political uh, agenda covered with uh, religion. So technically, uh, the political Sharia and the religious uh, Sharia. So we don't, I personally, I don't uh, mind or I don't care about the religious Sharia. Everyone obligated to pray the way they want, uh, whatever they want to use. My objections on, uh, and I believe this is your objection too, about the political Islam. Once, once uh, they want to involve politically, take over the government, and apply Sharia, and as you said, the Halakha, the Jewish law, or any uh, other law from any uh, other uh, faith, they don't uh, want to uh, oppress the people and force their Sharia on other people. Uh, what's your thought, Dr. Bell, on 
uh, another very important um, uh, statement that majority as well Muslims, especially in the West, okay, they again, when they use taqiyya and the deceiving, saying that there is no compulsion in religion. There's a little bit of truth in that. Mm -hmm. There's so many other things that Muslims say. Because one of the things that when I first started reading Islamic doctrine, I became puzzled with, is that it seemed to always have two views on just about everything. And then later, once I studied the life of Muhammad, I understood this. So in order, in order to understand this verse, let there be no compulsion in religion, we need to look at Muhammad's career. Very briefly, in 30 seconds, he preached the religion of Islam for 13 years in Mecca and converted 150 Arabs to Islam. That's about 10 a year. So he preached the religion of Islam, but it was not a great success. They drove him out of Mecca and he went to Medina, whereupon he became a politician and a jihadist. And this is all very clearly written in the Sirah, the biography of Muhammad. And now he had outrageous success because when he died, every Arab within his horizon was now a Muslim. So let's go back here. He preached the religion of Islam for 13 years and he preached it in peace. And therefore the Quran says things like, let there be no compulsion in religion. But he was weak then. When he became strong in Medina, the Quran changes. And now then we get into the jihad verses of the Quran. In the Quran written in Mecca, there is no jihad at all. But in the Quran written in Medina, 24% of the Quran written in Medina is about jihad. So that's the thing I call this dualism. That is, Islam always has two faces to give you. And one face is very pleasant and nice. That's when Islam is weak. And then when Islam is strong, the face is less pleasant and there's force and violence. So there's a little bit of truth in what they say, but not all truth. Exactly. All lies, uh, it has to be mixed with a little bit of a true and that to make it uh, a perfect lie, right? And uh, um, uh, another one, uh, uh, again, another taqiyya uh, and a lie that Muslims use um, when they try to uh, make uh, people like feel, uh, as you said, you know, the peaceful passages or the peaceful uh, Makian verses, I would call it, uh, from the Quran, um, when they say, um, as if, if you kill one man, uh, you, you kill all the mankind. How sweet is that, Dr. Bell? Why we are attacking Islam? Why are you well, attacking Islam? <clears throat> I love this because I've seen Muslims not only use this verse with kafirs in order to tell them, you know, the high moral position of the Quran, but I've also seen them actually use it with each other. And the, really, the part of this that you need to understand is, is the beginning phrase of the verse says, and unto the Jews, we gave the commandment that whoever kills one person is as though they killed all mankind. That's to the Jews. In the very next verse, it advocates jihad. So here right. we have an example of this two faces of Islam. Right there in one verse. Actually, two verses. The first, okay. I think it's 532, and then the next verse is the one that commits itself to jihad for those who oppose Muhammad. Right. There's the other one, uh, verse uh, Surah 5, verse uh, 33 as well. Uh, the one who fight Allah, uh, and uh, they should be uh, either killed or crucified, or you can finish it. Well, I mean, that's the second verse I'm talking about, 33. Yes. And yes. again, we have this dual nature of Islam. It can sound so sweet in some ways and then... Yes, exactly. And uh, 
this the, the second verse that I mentioned about it's actually uh, uh, apply on uh, specifically the people who uh, causing mischief uh, and or Fitna. fighting Allah and fighting Muhammad and talking and exposing Islam and uh, for anyone and everyone uh, who's trying to uh, bring the truth to people and uh, the one who uh, apostate from Islam like me they mm -hmm. either uh, we should be killed or crucified or cut the hands and the legs from the opposite side so here you go we have uh, two verses if you kill one man as if you killed all mankind and then another verse as it says uh, kill the one who fight Allah and uh, his messenger so as you said here you go there is two Sharia the Sharia that uh, that the peaceful one and the violent uh, one which is the one it's uh, Muslims that uh, they which one the Muslim that they have to live by it like nowadays forget about what? the time of Muhammad like what now like what do you want like what they but want you know the whole purpose of the Sharia is a time machine the purpose of the Sharia is to advance the calendar back to the year 632 I say that that's my view of it. And because let's stop and look at what the Sharia is. There's Quran, Sirah Hadith. That is, we have the words of Allah, so said, and then we have the actions and words of Muhammad. So we have to use all of these in order to come up with how a Muslim should live their life. And the Sharia is merely the process of taking what's in the Quran, the Sirah, and the Hadith and applying it to present, situa present day situations. So I think of Sharia as the applied knowledge that's found in the theory of Islam. Right. Uh, final question, Dr. Bell. Uh, what's your thought about freedom of speech under Sharia law? Oh, oh well, <laughs> you. I was smiling until you said under Sharia law. I'm very big on freedom of speech. I'm, I am for telling you what I think and what I say. And not only do I do this about Islam, as my friends will tell you, Bill always tells you what he thinks. You never see, he never has a hidden, hidden thought. So, Freedom of speech to me is precious because once you can no longer have freedom of speech, all your other freedoms and rights will disappear very soon. Now then, Islam does not allow freedom of speech because in, now it'll, it'll allow freedom of speech if you want to praise Islam, but if you want to criticize Islam, if you want to sell, say things about Muhammad they don't like, then it's blasphemy. Now, right. Sandra, what is the penalty for blasphemy under Sharia? To be executed. Exactly. That's exactly right. So I don't like that idea, Sandra. I like my neck, just like it is, yes. even though it's an old neck. <laughs> and I like your neck too, and I want—I like my neck, and I like every kafir's neck. Uh, we need yes. <laughs> every kafir neck, it has to stay where it is, right? So, uh, uh, so uh, well, freedom of, freedom of speech is real big. And by the way, we—you're from Canada, and we have some dreadful things being mentioned in the legislature about Islamophobia being illegal which basically is trying to make the Sharia part of the law of Canada, which is a dreadful idea. Right, and that's with uh, the Muslim Pakistani uh, liberal MB, her name is Ikra Khalid, uh, the one uh, who uh, presented it, uh, motion uh, M103, uh, which is the Islamophobia uh, motion, and uh, that's exactly, and then uh, at the end they say they're gonna quill. They use the word quilling. Yes, if well, I, I know how they all quell. They've got prison and fines to quell. Right, they got the prison, they got the fines, 
and they got the executioner uh, square, like the one I witnessed the beheading myself in Saudi Arabia. So that's another uh, way of uh, quelling uh, people. Exactly what happened to Marshall Khan, the Pakistani uh, student who got quelled in Pakistan just because of the blasphemy law. And here you go, uh, Muslims, they come all the time and uh, claiming that uh, the way they pray, the way they fast, this is the only Sharia they have. And as uh, I, Dr. Bill said, I agree with you and I join your uh, voice onto that. It's a uh, 35% true, but the rest of it is just a lie and taqiyya. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Bell. It was um, awesome uh, meeting you. I'm honored uh, to uh, to have this discussion with you, and I'm hoping for more uh, to come. We cover many things because uh, when talking talking about Islam, it, it can never finish, right? No, there's, we could talk from now until the end of time and not cover it all. Not cover it all. I know it's it's uh, it's sad that we see many people in the West being naive and ignorant about uh, the reality of Islam after they see all the um, what's going on in Middle East and what's going on in Europe and uh, what's uh, upcoming as well. Uh, the dream, uh, as you said, the time machine. They want to come back, go back backward. They bring back the caliphate, which is exactly what you, how you describe it. They go back with the time machine. They don't go forward. So, but we're going to keep going forward no matter what, right? We are, Sandra. Thanks for we talking are. with me. Yes. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Bell, for your uh, time. And uh, I want to say to everyone, uh, thank you for watching. And uh, don't forget to uh, uh, to go to uh, jimmyglossop.com uh, to support and don't forget to subscribe to the channel as well. Thank you.